Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Is there something specific on the call that you believe could lead to an arrest? Like I said, I uh, can't discuss that. Um, it's part of the investigation, but as soon as we can release that information, we will. The Moscow Police Department releases some updates in the University of Idaho murder investigation. But what does it all mean? Retired NYPD Sergeant Joseph Jack alone breaks it down. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law & Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. We have some more updates for you right now in the University of Idaho murder investigation. I'm talking about the killings of 21-year-old Kaylee Gonzalez, 21-year-old Madison Mogan, 20-year-old Zana Kernodal, and 20-year-old Ethan Chapin, whose bodies were found in their off-campus home back on November 13th. Now, at the time of this recording, there have been no arrests, no publicly identifiable suspect, and no indication that the murder weapon has been recovered. But as I said, the Moscow Police Department has issued a press release with some updates. And to help me break down these updates, I want to bring in Joseph Jack alone, retired NYPD's sergeant and author of the Criminal Investigative Function, third edition. Joseph, thanks for coming here on Sidebar. We really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me, Jesse. I'm going to go through some of these different points, and then I want your reaction to it and what this means. So the first two points, are, let me rephrase, I'm not necessarily going in the order of which it's listed, but I think I, this is the way that I think we should structure it. So two points that they have in this press release are number one, they say, no suspect has been identified and only vetted information that does not hinder the investigation will be released to the public. We encourage referencing official releases for accurate and updated progress. All press releases and related information is available and then they give their website. They go on to say that investigators believe someone has information that adds context to what occurred on the night of the murders and continue requesting additional pictures, video, and social media content. Our focus remains on the investigation, not on an individual's activities displayed in the tip. Whether you believe it is significant or not, your information might be one of the puzzle pieces that help solve these murders. And then it says digital submissions of tips and leads will not be publicly disclosed due to our ongoing commitment to keep information private 
and details may be pertinent to the ongoing criminal investigation. My first question to you is, does that alarm you? Because doesn't it make it seem like they're not as advanced in the investigation as you would hope? No, not yet. I mean, I am concerned about how things are, how, you know, how things are progressing, but you have to understand something. The police department always holds back information. They don't provide things that will uh, be detrimental to the case. And we have seen a large outpouring of information coming from the true crime community. And some of it has been just wrong and, and just it's just been actually awful. So they have to try to, to uh, kind of combat that. And if you if you look at this bullet, there's a lot of things that they're saying in here. We're not saying in there, right? So it, there's a lot of what they refer to, as, I refer to as cop speak. So they're, they're trying to tell everybody, listen, we haven't come out with anything publicly yet. That doesn't mean that they don't have a suspect or suspects. But what it does tell everybody, it kind of puts them on notice that anything that comes out basically outside from the police department is you, you kind of not pay attention to it because they're not running the investigation. The Moscow Police Department, the state and the FBI are all involved in this. Right. So the Moscow we know is the lead because I don't see a federal nexus here. Right? You know, not yet. Right. We, we don't we're not privy to everything. But here's the uh, here's the other thing. When you look at this, there's an old motto that all investigators have, and that is somebody knows something. And that's probably universal throughout the entire United States. And the idea is to try to get those people who have maybe witnessed something that they thought was strange. You got to remember, this is a small community. This is, when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, you know, small university, people coming and going. You have family members, everybody. This is national and international news. And what they're hoping is that somebody has spotted something that they thought was out of place. And the time was this really to come out with information like this was in the very beginning when this crime happened. But but when they say no suspect has been identified, does that mean publicly identified? That doesn't mean that they haven't found anybody. Because like, the way that I looked at it, if they had someone on their radar, I think based on what we've seen, they're not going to tell the public, right? They're not going to tell anybody yet until they're arrest. I'm reading that and saying they really have no idea who did this yet. We need more help. Maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way. Maybe they really do have some suspects, just they haven't publicly identified the suspects. What What am I, how should I be reading that? Well, yeah, they, they're not going to, you know, have, listen, I, I, I think that they do have suspects or people that they think are involved in this crime, whether it's an individual or individuals. I do think they have a focus on, on specific people. And the reason why I think that way is because of the DNA and all the different things that they've taken out of the house. I think that they would try to maybe key in on a couple of people. You got to remember, cell phone records, internet records. We saw video surveillance, which I refer to as the three forensic horsemen. Those three things, they're, they're putting these pieces together. Now, the case is not moving as fast as the public wants, but that's not the way these cases work. You have a quadruple homicide. This is something that is uh, very time consuming. And the problem that you run into is with the DNA is that there might be multiple donors in a house of, uh, of this kind of situation where it's at a college campus and they're going to have to cull through a lot of these things. So I believe that they have people that they were looking into, right? So they might need a DNA exemplar. They might need to be able to eliminate people. They're not going to keep, they, excuse me, they're going to keep the public and specifically the perpetrator guessing. Right. This is not checkers where the police move and the person move. You you have to play chess. Right. You're thinking three moves ahead. And sometimes in policing with these criminal investigations, you have to play poker. Right. Where you have to bluff people. So the lack of uh, a specific target or anything like that or even hinting at it, I think would re would be really bad idea, especially the way the true crime community, some in the true crime community has been really looking into these cases and coming up with their own wild theories and 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 kind of like some some have actually interfered with it, right? We're, we're seeing the release of videos and everything else, which is not good. 
And I'm going to get to that in a second. I do want to focus on one other aspect, the murder weapon. We don't have any indication that it's been recovered. Having said that, is it possible the police department has recovered the murder weapon, but they just won't tell us? No, I think they would tell us if they recovered the murder weapon, right? So the issue, unless they want to try to track down where it was possibly bought, uh, you know, maybe there's a serial number on it so that they can actually, you know, trace that down. We have federal agencies involved in this, right? So we have the FBI working on this. We have access to databases and those kind of things where they could find out. So, listen, finding the murder weapon is extremely important in this case. But will it identify the person who is responsible? Maybe. You got to remember, the person who bought it might not be the responsible person who actually committed these acts, right? It could have been somebody bought it, somebody stole it, somebody bought it in their home and somebody took it from their home, right? Unbeknownst to the owner. So these are those things all have to be taken into consideration. You had mentioned something about people online getting involved and that had to be a distraction. Well, one of the other bullet points in this Moscow Police Department press release is they say, at the time in this investigation, detectives do not believe that the female associate professor and chair of the history department at the University of Idaho suing a TikTok user for defamation is involved in this crime. The Moscow Police Department will not provide a statement about the ongoing civil process. Now, to give everybody a little bit more context about this, there was a woman on TikTok Named Ashley Gillard, self-professed tarot card reader, who claims in a series of posts that a University of Idaho professor named Rebecca Schofield is the actual killer. She makes the allegation that Schofield was in a relationship with one of the victims and then killed everybody. What I did on his wrist and her wrist, two totally different readings. It looks like he will be put to justice way before she does. They will be slow in arresting her. She's going to first go to another job. She's going to leave her current job and start writing. She's going to focus on her writing and she's going to isolate herself. So she's going to leave. That's after she backstabs the killer. She's not going to live up to her promises for him. I mean, she can't. So it's a change of plans. That's when she's going to get out of Dodge. She'll be isolated in some like cabin or a house somewhere. She's going to focus on her writing, her books. She's going to get a lawyer, but she's still going to lose her case. She's going to go to jail while her trial is pending. The final verdict will reveal that she's guilty and that she wasn't the person that everybody thought she was. See the zombie? It may take a while for this all to happen. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, 
There's joy in every journey. Now, we know that Professor Schofield has sued Galar for her comments. And I'm curious when you look at that, the fact that they had to come out and say she is not a suspect. What'd you make of that? Well, I'm sure the professor's attorneys are very happy with that bullet, right? Because it actually leads off the press conference. So it kind of leads credence to that this was all nonsense and this is basically fabricated. You can't accuse anybody of anything. Name names. First of all, you're going to what's happening. You're going to get yourself sued. But the thing that I'm worried about is that you're going to get somebody hurt, right? It's irresponsible to name somebody or focus in on a specific person, whether, you know, I'm not even going to say it because of the fact that there are people out there who will target this individual and may cause physical harm or what have you. I mean, we have to be very careful. And, you know, the true crime community, most of them have done what they what they want to do in respect. You know, they're, they're interested in this case. They're looking up things. They're trying to help. But there is a small contingent that is, uh, that is wreaking havoc. And we're going to see those people weeded out eventually. And if it requires fire, filing a lawsuit, if it requires, you know, a takedown order or a cease and desist from lawyers, I think that this is unfortunately where we're headed. This this might be, Jesse, the, the biggest case so far we've seen with social media influence, at, you know, to date, for sure, as, as far as I'm concerned. That's my opinion, of course. Maybe influencing an ongoing investigation. I remember the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial. Man, social media was all over that every five seconds. The problem with this is, uh, uh, you know, it takes resources and time away from the police department to address this and put it to bed. And obviously, what's really interesting is Ms. Gillard has doubled down on her claims that the professor is the killer. So something there. But there's another point in the Moscow Police Department press release. They say there have been numerous inquiries from members of the public and media to verify digital media published online. Any picture or video provided through the official public records request process is authentic. However, once a record is released, we can no longer verify its authenticity as we do not know if anything was has been altered. Detectives are aware of videos distributed by local businesses. What does that mean? It's quite unfortunate. We've seen at least one video released in its entirety. Where we had basically the thing that really was interesting is that it was recording audio. Now, you'd have to ask a lawyer about this, but from far as I was concerned, you can't record audio unless you're part of the conversation. So to me, that was an interesting thing. So everybody who was walking by, we heard, you know, so that, that was where the whole thing about Adam came up, right? Like, what did you do to Adam? I think or something, some in substance like that, where they were talking about the girls were walking down. And, and of course, everyone jumped on that. So that was an unfortunate release. And we now saw, I think, a still photo of something inside the bar. So there are reports that there's this newly leaked image of what could be Gonsalves and Mogan inside a bar at 1.32 a.m. on the night of the murder. It's an image apparently from a surveillance video. Again, it hasn't been authenticated. Now, remember, it's believed that they got home close to, I think, 2 a.m. And we believe that the killings happened between 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. Yeah. Talk to me what you make of that image that's circulating online. So, yeah. So so we have another, you know, release. Now, this is actually probably some of the worst things that you could see what could happen in this situation where we have either businesses who are sharing this with true crime people and they're putting it out on, on the social media or on YouTube or what have you. This doesn't help the investigation, right? This actually only now compounds issues. And we see the police department do this a number of times where they're answering out things specifically from the public, right? And that's not not even the media or the press. This is, you know, we don't have journalists and reporters asking for this stuff. We have people from all over the country. And here's the other thing. 
and not really many people are talking about. They have over, I think they said 10,000 tips. Right? That, that's kind of unheard of, which means to me that most of the tips that they're getting have little to no value, but the police department has to go through each and every one of these things. They have to be answered out somehow. So these are then time consuming. And you saw the FBI adding, I think it was 10 agents. If, if we're chasing down leads that have nothing to do with it, uh, you know, and then complain that this is taking too long, I think we could kind of figure out exactly where, you know, where the problem actually is. We don't want to turn people off. And they, they specifically said kind of that, that kind of cop talk in there too, that even if you think it's not important, send it to us anyway. So yeah, they don't want to prevent somebody who might know something from doing it. But here's again, I mean, we're, we're dealing, they're dealing with an enormous amount of information and I think that's slowing them down too. Let, let's talk about the amount of information that's coming to the Moscow Police Department, the amount of tips. So another bullet point in their press release is they say, progress continues to locate the white 2011-2013 Hyundai Elantra believed to be in the immediate area of the King Road residence during the early morning hours of November 13th. Investigators believe the occupant or occupants may have critical information to share regarding this case and have identified over 22,000 vehicles. If you know of or own a vehicle matching this description or know of anyone who may have been driving this specific vehicle on the days preceding or the day of the murders, please forward that information to the tip line. Now, this is something that the Moscow Police Department has been looking for for what, the last two weeks or so? What is your take on the fact that they haven't been able to locate it yet? Well, because of the fact that the information that went out, as far as I'm concerned, it came out later on than it should have. I think it should, they should have released that information much sooner, and that would have been the time to put a reward out for it, right? Especially right before Thanksgiving, when all the families and everybody's come together, people have gone home from school or what have you, that was your opportunity to try to get some information out there. That being said, it's a good sign that they are still, they still believe that that car contains a piece of evidence or the person involved in, it, in this case. So that's something that could, because eventually it kind of fell off the the radar, so to speak, in, in previous press releases. So I'm glad to see that they're bringing that back. Now, finding a car with no plates is extremely difficult. And what happens is there are tools that the police department use. I'm sure they went to the university because generally in colleges, I'm not so sure about the, the university here, but they usually require you to register a vehicle, you know, to park in that location so that we don't get people leaving their cars. So I'm sure they went through that avenue. And then the other avenue is you have to go through the DMV. Now, going through the DMV and asking for every white Elantra, there's, there's, there you go. 22,000 cars can show up. Now, that could just be from Idaho, right? Because remember, you also have to look at it's close to other states like Washington, right? Because the, the, the autopsy was done in Spokane, I think. So you, you now have to create this huge circle and you keep on going out. And quite frankly, that is an amazing task uh, that they, they have to go through because they don't have any other identifiers other than it's a white car. And we think it's an Elantra, right? We don't even, we don't even know for sure. So yeah, I think they're hoping that the public, once again, would help out with this. And People say that they discounted the one that they found pretty quickly. Well, I think that's, here you go. If anybody who is responsible for that crime murdered these four women, excuse me, these three men, women in, the, in, this, in this man, all that blood, all that thing dragged it with them. They got into that car. They dragged the evidence with them. They will be able to tell right away if that's the car. I don't care what they try to do with it. Now, here's the other thing. Do you think we might find the car somewhere in a ditch, somewhere set on fire, somewhere, you know, thrown in a lake? You know, that could also be a possibility because there's no plates we don't know. And that's going to be the problem trying to locate this car. You tip off suspects and that's what the police don't want to do. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Yeah, and that car that you had mentioned, they ruled out They ruled out the owner of the car. The car was registered in a different state. They found it, I think, in Oregon, and they said it, had, it didn't have a, a relation to the crime. I wanted to ask you about, um, because Chief Fry, the Moscow Police Chief Fry, has said the reason we're not releasing more information right now is we are concerned about an eventual prosecution down the line. In fact, he went on to say that they wouldn't release the 911 phone call that was apparently made by the roommates the morning after the murder, where we believe other people came to the house too. There was reports that they, they told 911 of an unconscious person. They, they won't share more information. They won't release the 911 phone call until they get the A-OK from prosecutors. Well, you always hold back information on any case that you work. But one this big, you hold back because you want to have an unbiased um, jury pool. And um, it, it's not just about today. It's about um, in a year from now or whenever um, we make an arrest and, and go to trial. Um, we want to have that pool of people who can look at the case and, and not have all the facts to that um, to make um, the decision um, to uh, find this person guilty. Is that standard operating procedure? They're concerned about a prosecution down the road? They, he said he was afraid of tainting a jury pool. Well, no, it's absolutely important. So when you're investigating any homicide specifically, you have to believe that this case, you're going to catch the person and that this case is going to trial. And you have to dot your I's and cross your T's. Now, here are some issues, though. We saw statements made by the coroner that were that what I thought were pretty bad, you know, in respect of locations of wounds, how they were stand. I've never seen that before. And then we, we saw the prosecutor himself doing interviews and making statements about telling people they think they get, you know, should give themselves up and this and that. Once again, I've never seen that before either. So and I think we and we haven't seen that now in a few weeks. And I think people finally got the message on that. If I was the chief when that was happening, I would be extremely upset over this because once again, you're preparing for court. And at one point, I even did an interview. I said, at this point, I think that the, the state attorney should be looking to maybe take over this case after hearing what the prosecutor was saying. And I think that that still is something that could happen down the road, because once you make public statements about a case that's an investigation that's ongoing and you're talking about things, it could be detrimental to the case because of the fact that, remember, this is a, if you live in New York or Chicago or Miami and you look at Moscow, Idaho, I mean, this is like a neighborhood in those kind of cities. So it's a small 
It's a small play. And yes, you can taint your jury pool. And then, and then you're going to go through the thing about people trying to say, defense attorneys say, we want to take it out of the area because they're not going to get a fair trial. I mean, it just adds all kinds of things to it. And, and of course, we know that the prosecutor from the Lata County uh, Prosecutor's Office basically came out, gave conflicting information about was the house the target? Was it the people that was a target? That was a whole big mess. Uh, before I let you go, Joseph, I want to ask you something real quick because it is being reported that Moscow PD officers who are investing this case, investigating this case are being offered counseling services. What do you think about that? Well, listen, mental health and policing is uh, something that has to be addressed because of the fact that, you know, you see a lot of things and you got to remember, they really don't deal with a lot of homicides. And this must have been a bloody scene. You know, you're talking about a state, I think, that had 41 homicides reported in the entire state last year. So this is something that is important. I mean, we saw it, of course, with Sandy Hook. We saw it, we saw it like with Uvalde. Yes, mental health things are something extremely important that police officers should, re- should receive. And the, the gruesome nature of these killings, right? And and that's the, the thing that we can't forget about it. Joseph, I'm going to give you a final word, 30 seconds. Do you have confidence that this case will be solved by 2023 in the next year? Yes, I do think so. You got to remember, this is going to be patience. Maybe, you know, in the next, hopefully in the ne- within the next six months, as they're culling through all this information and looking for things, you have the state involved, you have the FBI involved. I, I think that you have a lot of good men and women that are working this case. Joseph Jackalone, thank you so much for taking the time. We really do appreciate it. And if we get more updates, we'd love to have you back on here on Sidebar. Thanks for having me, Jesse. And that's all we have for you, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here on Sidebar. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. I'll speak to you next time.